So I heard probably one of the most amazing terms to explain the last two plus years of my life. The person that I was talking to, it said, the tyranny of the green light. Oh, I know exactly what this is. Yeah. (laughs) But it's, I, I haven't heard this before, but I know exactly what you're talking about, which is. Cormac's status is active. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. I learned I learned very early on, because we had Microsoft Teams for all this stuff, that I would set it to do not disturb all the time. Well, you know, the the, the thing not about all, it is not a hundred percent of the time, but when I was working. But no, I'm not available. <laughs> but you know, there are some times and it, because of the purely I guess the purely remote nature that that I've been living in. You feel like you have to be available? I feel like I have to be available. It's almost like proof. Oh, Cormac's here. He's working. Ass in seat. It's it's the digital ass in seat for sure. <laughs> yes. You know. So I was I was having a conversation with the president of our company and she was we were talking about things and she kept asking, you know, well, how am I doing? And you know, a lot of times when like the president of the company asks you how you're doing, most of the time people don't really tell them. They 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 tell them what they think they want. What what do they want to hear? What's going to make them feel good when I feel so bad? I'm known for my blatant, my candidness, my honesty. I don't sugarcoat things. I mean, I, I look at people when they're like, you know, when I was walking in the office and you know, people would look at me and they're like, Hey, how are you doing? They know that, you know, I'm working on a project that's somewhat challenging and Such has a, a nice lot of way to say it. <laughs> somewhat challenging. And, and so they, they, they look at me and they're like, Hey, how are you doing? And I'm like, and I look back at them and I'm like, do you really want to know? You just have to throw a look. <laughs> I don't even, well, I mean, you know, I, I did them the courtesy of at least explaining, you know, it's just like I throw, I throw them the look, of course. But then it's also the, you know, do you really want to know? And I give them the out, you know, so they don't have to like really sit here and listen to whatever I'm about to say to them with brutal honesty. This is going to take a while. No. No. <laughs> exactly. It's just like, do you want to refill your coffee before we start? You know? But the tyranny of the green light over the course of the last two and a half years now, when people see that green light, whether it's the client, whether it's your coworkers, whether it is, you know, because we've, we've set up a lot of like dialogue chains with our consultants and everything else. When they see that, they feel like it's, a, it, I, I, I'm going to get that immediate answer from Cormac. Yeah. Not, it's not only that you're available and the doctor is in, it's that you will answer immediately. Exactly. <laughs> Shortly. And, ex- exactly. And then you have this, exactly shortly is perfect perfect way to explain it because everybody is expecting it now so now everybody is expecting that this immediate answer now we're going back to the the office where you know we we it's going to all of it still takes time the answer still takes time it's just when people see that you're on you know online it's like oh i can get this answer now you know i'm still going to need to give give you a little bit of time you know like to answer this and you know where I would see someone I, on online. I see the green light. I don't like call them up and say, you know, hey, Evan, 
I saw that your light was green. Because you have self-awareness, Cormac. Yeah, this, that's the difference. Well, I also know that, you know, it's it's that old golden rule, do unto others. I'm like, I, I'm not going to do to them what I don't want them to do to me. If I start calling, you know, Evan up and like, hey, man, I saw that your light turned green. It's just like, dude, I just got back from or I sat down. I or, just you know, accidentally opened my laptop. <laughs> I, I, I accidentally bumped my mouse. Right. The, the the thing is, these people have been trained. We've all been trained and or programmed, you know, depending on how you want to talk about it, because it's not it's not even just communication tools like this. It is the speed at which information now travels, which is instantly. If you want to know the answer to something, what do you do? You whip out your phone and you look it up. And this is what every kid does. Every, we never had that right when we were kids, but now kids grew up with this tool. and so. Seriously, there is no even pontificating about what the answer could be. It's just, let's look it up. And I'm, whatever the first answer is, is the right answer. That's the answer I'm going to trust. And, and I, it's dangerous. All of this is dangerous. Well, Google can't. Google can't be wrong, right? No, Wikipedia is never wrong. Google's never wrong. Even if it's the first thing is a, a Google-related service that they're bumping, you know, <laughs> ahead exactly. of everybody else. Exactly. Yeah, I, I get it. And the tyranny is a good word. I mean, it's a little overused at this point, right? There's the, all of the tyrannies are happening right now. But um, the green light does rule a lot of people's lives and sets certain expectations that are really hard to overcome. And, and then what? Like, what happens when it comes to review time? Oh, you didn't answer the, my, my inquiries fast enough. Like, you're just, you, you, and, and it, it, because there's an expectation that information travels at the speed of thought nowadays and not and instantly right that that that's what everyone's actually getting judged on as well and and if you accidentally leave your computer running and outlook or teams or zoom or all three and they all have that green light and it's saturday mm-hmm. yeah we talked about that it's, before it's free reign well but okay so here's here's another thing so i was reading a washington post article about employers tracking people and like what they're doing, various ways of tracking, various ways of tracking, quote unquote green, productivity. Exactly. You know, they're, they're like sneaking us like, what are you doing? Are you searching the internet? Are you surfing Instagram or whatever, you know? And it's just, you know, it's another way. It's just like, okay, well I see their green lights on. So they're apparently they're working or on the less sophisticated and the more sophisticated. It's just like, I've got something that's telling me exactly what you're doing in the past hour. You were, 25 minutes on Instagram, you were 10 minutes in Bluebeam, you were another 10 minutes in Revit, you were on this or that, you're you're not working. <laughs> yeah, the whole tracking thing is kind of problematic. I, I saw kind something of, recently, yeah. of course, I didn't read it because I didn't have time, but it was just like that. I think it was an article posted by Daniel Davis, who's a researcher and uh, in our in our industry. And He's talking about how that's just all that tracking is just going to totally backfire, you know, because you're talking about talent wars. You're talking about hiring the best people, like the best people's best work comes in small doses spread throughout time. And is everybody doing exactly what you think they should be doing at every moment of the quote unquote workday? No, they're not. And that because that's a normal person. That's why. It is going to backfire. It's just, it's just going to create a morale issue where people and a fear issue where what are people going to do? They're just going to leave. 
<laughs> well, you know, and that, you know, we've, we've talked about this. It's like, okay, so you do have the remote worker. So like now I'm the remote worker and, you know, not every minute of the day do I want to have my butt in seat, you know, clicking away from, you know, 830 to five or 530 or whatever. I, I, I want to get up every once in a great while. I want to walk around. I want to like, you know, yeah. And so there are going to be times where I'm going to walk away. And, and you know what? I guarantee you what's different about like me being a remote worker versus me being an office worker is you'll actually get that time back. I'll actually make sure that you get that time back. I don't know why, but I mean, I feel like, you know, you're, if I'm being paid for eight hours a day, then I'll give you your eight hours. It may be spread out. It might be, you know, like 12 hours one day and, you know, however many another day and however many another day. <laughs> math is hard. <laughs> no maths. <laughs> We're recording late. I, I have been subjugated to the tyranny of the green dot today um, because I've been on meetings literally the entire day. Yeah. My brain is. is so those aren't green dots then. It's red dots. Right. But you, you well, do true. have to get into, you have to get into the habit of switching that and and what what sucks is you kind of have to do it in a bunch of different places now because there are so many different communication apps going on they're not synced together they don't run on the same apis or anything so if you switch one in one place but don't switch it in the other they're going to pick the most you know useful one for themselves uh to hit you up on uh yeah but it's it becomes a management issue and then it's like what should you be spending your time doing that um i think one of the one of the incongruent things here is that if you have a green light you're interruptible during work hours when what are you supposed to be doing like your job not their job right we've always talked about email being someone else's to-do list for you right so if the inbox is constantly open and new emails are coming in and all these things need to be done it's something somebody else wants from you right and and we're no different. That's what we use email for too, right? We send emails to people, hey, get me this. And it used to not have that kind of instantaneous uh, expectation, right? But now, like, because it's instant messaging, it has that that expectation. Now, I don't mind disappointing people. And honestly, you are training them with how fast you respond. And if you allow it to interrupt the work that you are doing, guess who gets to decide that? you do right of course you're taking a lot of things into account who are they (laughs) what role are they uh if it's the ceo like you probably take the call right Uh, whereas if it's the senior project manager you might get back to them when when you're ready so i what i mean by training is like it's like if you train everybody that you get back instantly guess what the expectation is you get back instantly all the time so I mean, these are all things that we never ha- really had to think about before. I want—I don't want to say before COVID, but before digital, right? Like these are all the things that were just have come up since then. Yeah, before we were like a hundred percent like digital workforce, instantly connected, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll give you a good example. So, I, I um, of the, the few times that I actually wasn't on a call today. I needed to get on a call to like talk to people about actually getting work done. And so 
So, uh, so you're know. talking about the difference between like having a conversation about work versus being in a meeting that has no clear agenda. Exactly. <laughs> no clear so, action for your information. I, that's why you're invited. Yeah. So I ping, ping one of my team members and I asked her, I was like, you know, Hey, do you've got about maybe 15 minutes to go over something? I'm trying to pull together a presentation. Some of it is related to the building that you're working on. And I kind of just want to walk through it and talk to you. She's like, yeah, absolutely. Sure. So, you know, I asked her for 15 minutes of her time because both of us were distracted in, you know, other people were like pinging me, you know, Hey Cormac, you know, can you blah, 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 this or blah, 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 that, you know, like, sure. So like there would be like these pauses where I'm like, hold on a minute. I, I let me, let me just, you know, and it's like, you know, type away, you know, I hear the same thing and she's just, just a minute I'm listening, but I'm going to have to have you repeat that because uh, somebody just asked me a question. Neither one of you are present in the conversation. And neither one of us are present. Oh in yeah. The conversation. That's a, another rampant problem. You know, and, and so that 15 minutes that really was just about 15 minutes worth of actual work ended up being about 37 minutes. Of distracted like, work. Yeah. Because you can't multitask. You have, you cannot. And people think it's like some badge of honor that they think they can multitask, but your brain is totally incapable of it. Mm-hmm. Like that is what the research says. Like you're just shifting priorities all the time. And there is a switching cost to go between those. Like it's not like a hundred percent on this task. Oh, something else has come up. I'm a hundred percent on that one. No. And so each one of those is suffering now. One of them is suffering a lot more than the other. So it becomes incredibly difficult to manage all of this that's happening as well. So it's not just like actually doing the switching and thinking about this 100% of the time then thinking about that 100% of the time it's the 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 time that it takes to go in between those and to set this down and to pick that up has a time and an effort and a reaction and all of these things associated with it like an attention level uh, man it's it's complicated and it's it's weird that we've kind of convinced ourselves that this works somehow and i've i've found that in some you know, it's just like, Cormac, can you uh, set up a meeting with uh, such and such and such and such, you know, like, sure, let me coordinate their times. Let me figure out what's going on and all that other stuff. And sometimes, you know, in, in the middle of doing that and somebody hasn't gotten back to me on what time they're available. So I put it off to the side and then like an hour or two later, they're like, hey, did you uh, set up that meeting? I'm like, damn it. Because, you know, <laughs> you because lost it. Yeah, you the, lost exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. And, and so, you know, again, like this conversation, I just wasn't focused or, you know, I was focused at that point, but then something else just, you know, shiny red ball distracted me. And now I'm over here. Now I'm over there. Now I'm over there. You know, so it's just kind of like, geez, because the, the conversation that I was having with, with our company president was, was about how can we improve things, you know, and it wasn't, it was not necessarily about the project, but it was some, some about the project, some about kind of like general you know, overall. And, you know, you and I have talked about this in the past where, you know, there's a lot of tasks in a project that architects either aren't really suited to do or shouldn't really be doing them, not because it's beneath them or anything else. It's just, you know, if if they're going to bill you, let's just throw out a number, like if they're going to bill you for 200, you know, $200 an hour, I mean, are you 
really, you know, should you be doing some of the tasks that could probably be done quicker, faster, and more efficient by somebody who actually knows how to do those tasks. And that's their job to do those tasks rather than you trying to do them, figuring it out, lumbering around and all of this other stuff. And as we were talking about things like, you know, project coordinators and stuff like that. I've worked with engineers who have project coordinators who are actually the ones who are the, let's just say the cat herder, um, you know, between all the different like disciplines and all of the different emails and RFIs and everything else that goes around. And so they're, they're really kind of like the one who's like helping manage the, the flow of inf- information exchange. And I'm like, well, why don't architects, you know, so I'm, I'm telling them, I'm like, well, why don't architects have those? Because, you, you know, we've got so, <laughs> so, so, we have so many things that we're doing and we're juggling and so many people have got so many different projects and all this other stuff. Like my examples that I was giving you, how do you stay like focused on getting your job done? Like, so if I'm on the clock for, you know, my current project, then I should be focused on my current project. But if, if I'm having to be focused on so many different other things that, you know, maybe don't really need my attention right now, but they do need attention why are we not why don't we have project coordinators i mean one of the the answers is because architects are um, control freaks true i heard a new word for this uh, i'm, no, I'm going to look it up so keep keep going i'm, I'm going to i'll interrupt you in a minute but but it, it's not control freak it's something else and it's awesome oh here it is here it is here it is control enthusiast control enthusiast <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, freak might have a, you know, yeah, kind of a negative, have a connotation. negative connotation. Yeah. But, you, you know, still, you I mean, using that. we could control enthusiasts. Okay. I don't know if I'm really enthusiastic about <laughs> some of the control I have to do. Uh, I think we are. <laughs> you know. I'd love to hate it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, but, but yeah, it's just, it's like, you know, there's. There's so many different things. So, you know, it's, it's like, you know, then you go back to this conversation that you have about just staying present with, you know, the task at hand. And because of so many different distractions, because the green lights there, you know, shining bright for somebody to say, you know, oh, you know, it's like, so say for instance, you know, I've been trying to get in touch with you, but you know, your, your light's been on do not disturb for a while. And I'm working on something and I see, you know, like, bing, uh-oh, there's, uh, you know, there's Evan. He, uh, his light Tackle just him. went green. It's like, <laughs> it's just like, now it's time to pounce on you. Exactly. You know? It's like, I'm going to get him now. Right. I've been waiting for this all day. Ha you can't run now. Well, you asked this question, like, how do you do this? Um. It's all about develop. Well, for me, it has tradition. This is an answer. It's not maybe the answer, just my experiences. Developing that routine where I get up before everybody else <laughs> so that I get some me time because the kids aren't asking what's for breakfast and they're not, nobody's bugging you. Right. And, and to me, like, I, I hate to say, like, that's the time when you, you do work. Maybe it is. It depends. There's just so many. It depends here. But, well, I read this recently on one of the Twitter accounts. I was I was checking Twitter while you were just telling that story, just so you know. Now, um, Ryan Holiday, he's a an author. He's he's written books like "The Obstacle Is the Way," "Ego Is the Enemy," and he has a, a daily Stoic journal. And 
he did this tweet just the other day, one day ago, actually. Yeah. So it says my morning routine, wake up around 6am, three mile walk with the kids, journal for 15 minutes, write for three hours, don't eat before 10am and don't touch the phone for the first hour awake. And that you your list could be anything, but, but what that list is to me is discipline, right? And, and it's, and it's, a set of rules for yourself so that other people aren't ruling, ruling your life. I almost said ruining, but I guess that works too. (laughs) But it's, it, it's, that's when he gets his work done. And maybe, you know, his life is the only, he's the only person who could pull that off. I, I doubt it. Right. Like, and there's definitely times when you need to be at work with other people and able to answer their questions and their, do things right but but i think we probably have time in our life that we could set aside to be disciplined like that which means yeah i mean maybe the apps aren't even open so they don't have to be set to do not disturb and things like that because you're not on call and you do need time to do deep work not just be in a flurry of distraction doing all the things all the time all at once hmm so I have this, my own personal like issue with that is only the experience that I'm living now is that have a client that's what, nine hours ahead, eight hours ahead of me. And so by the time I actually wake up, they're almost finished with their day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's like this certain time of overlap where you have to just jump into action because that's so when you're there. Exactly. And and there's, you know, going to be times where they're going to need to talk to me and they're going to reach out to me and, you know, either wait for that green light to come on or they're going to send countless emails through the middle of the night expecting me, you know, first thing to be able to at least open up, acknowledge that, you know, I've received them and put them on my to-do list because you said that emails are somebody, somebody else's, else's. Yeah. yeah right. somebody else's to-do list and that is exactly it. You know, yeah, I, I don't think it works across the board all at once, right? You can't just start this tomorrow, but you can start it for a new project when that starts. When we were implementing new technology at HMC, it was like, we're going to implement it on a new project, not your current project, because switching to this new paradigm now is going to screw everything up. Obviously, there's a, a learning curve for this stuff. And I think what we're talking about here is kind of the same thing, but it's with behavior. There is a learning curve to this new behavior, not only for you learning how to say no, learning when to shut the things off, but also what other people can expect from you. They're going to have to learn that as well. And it doesn't necessarily make sense to apply that to everybody all at once. And the goal would be to kind of set a structure, I think, where this happens over time and those expectations change over time so that it's not shocking to everybody. The, the best time to do this, honestly, is if you're going to start a new job, <laughs> right? Well, it's like, true. Yeah. here's the way I work. And that can be part of the negotiation process or it could be part of the conversation. Like, how do you work? Well, here's how I work. And and if you have something that you'd be comfortable with sharing in that way, because I, I think that that's, it, it is going to change behavior through conversation, not just by a change in behavior, right? So it, obviously 
this will be a process. But to me, like that's an actual type of a tool to start to address this issue. Discipline. Yep. I I totally agree with you. And, and that I think is probably one of my biggest laments of my professional career, at least more recently is just the, I won't say it's the lack of discipline, but it's the slippage of discipline. And it's, you know, and it's wanting to say yes. Like everybody wants to say yes to stuff. And even, and it's two months or three months away. The answer now is yes. Like when it actually comes, it's like, what the hell was I thinking? Why did I say yes? <laughs> yeah. How many times have you been in that position? You know, it's funny is that that was actually part of the conversation that I was having with her is just like, you know, I mean, some, one of our biggest problems is our inability to say no, you know, I mean, cause, cause what it does is it, it again goes back to that, you know, setting the, the expectations like now, anytime, you know, somebody expects us to, to do something or asks us to do something, they're expecting the answer to be, you know, yes. And so, cause you've always said yes, cause you've always said yes. And so when you say no, you know, now it's like, Oh no, you know, I mean, what's going to happen now kind of dread and, and woe. And you're just like, no. And, and who's your conscience when it comes to this? For me, it's, it's my wife, right? She's like, you said no, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, Oh no, I said yes. She's, and then I get to deal with her disappointment, but it's, this actually came up this week. I have a, a good example of this. Somebody asked me to participate in a visioning session for a college of architecture that is going through some retooling right now. They are adding new programs to the curriculum. They're shedding some old ones and they've got new faculty coming on and they wanted to kind of do this thing where they all work through some of these things together so they could be on the same page and introduce, you know, why they're doing these shifts to the student body in a, in a solid way, like where they're all kind of they all have each other's backs and they're all saying this, the, the same thing that they've all agreed on. They have ownership over it. Sounds amazing, but I don't have time to do that. And my first inclination was, heck yeah, I want to be a part of that. Like I, I especially want to affect the educational part of our profession so that they're training people for the jobs of tomorrow, not yesteryear, which we see happening all the time. How am I going to do that? Well, it's by participating in things like this, but the timing is not right. I have way too much going on and I was just really aware of that. I'm like, well, tell me about it, right? Which is kind of my way of not saying no, <laughs> kicking the can down the road. Well, tell me what your goal. Okay. And then my final question was, okay, so when are you doing this? Oh, well, we're doing it in the next two weeks. And I yeah, said, oh. I can't do that. So I have to say no. And it's not that I want to say no. And I'm just very open with him. I said, I don't want to say no to this. This sounds like a fantastic thing. I would love to be a part of something like this if the timing was better for me. Mm -hmm. And I cannot tell you how relieved I was after that conversation. And I didn't expect to be relieved. This was kind of surprising to me because guess what? I always say yes whenever somebody asks me to do something, but that's changing. So, so don't anybody get any ideas. It was so relieving to me because then I talked with my wife after this, my conscience, <laughs> and I said, I was given this opportunity today. And she said, you said no, right? And I said, yeah, I said no. She's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> How does she know so much better than I do? Well, I mean, there's multiple answers to that. But it was one of those things where I thought about that as I was saying no. 
that I was going to have that conversation with her about it and that I was going to get my acceptance through my conversation with her by choosing to turn this other thing down. (laughs) There's so much psychology going on here. It's crazy, right? But these are the things that we deal with as adulting. Adulting. (laughs) Yeah, as we adult. Anyway, I'm sure a lot of people are thinking, oh my God, you're still, still dealing with this basic stuff but it's just amazing how pervasive it is and to your point like you you become soft to it over time and and then when you reenact the strength uh, people are shocked by it what what is this who is this who am i talking to you always say yes what do you mean yeah yeah. Yeah. something going on in your life right (laughs) what's wrong (laughs) yeah Yeah. i mean i think you mean what's right and taking back the control and the discipline you're always so you know pliable amenable to like anything that i ask you to do like maybe that's the problem yeah yeah it might be one of the reasons why mental health suffers there's so many things going on there uh interesting topic for sure but yeah i think you know if you establish routines help and routines don't have to be daily i think it helps if they are because you have to do something so many times in a row for it to become a habit right um so discipline does lead to to good and bad habits. The lack of discipline can lead to bad habits. Discipline can lead to good habits. I mean, it all depends how you use the tool, but this is all stuff that, that I think it would be helpful for me to do more of this as well. I, I laugh because, you know, I, I remember making this pact with myself. It's just like, when I move, things are going to be different. <laughs> You're right. Uh, still waiting on that. Still, Yeah. Yeah. You moved. What I moved. Happened? What happened? <laughs> Things are not different. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Cool, man. Well, good luck with the green light. <laughs> right now it's the red light. Awesome. Yeah. Five, four, three, two, one. It'll be green. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that. Thanks for listening. This show is part of the Gable Media Podcast Network. See all the shows at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L-M-E-D-I-A dot com. You can help support what we're doing here by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to help get the word out, and don't forget to share it with your friends. We'd love to hear from you, so leave a comment on the website at arcaspeakpodcast.com, where you can find our entire catalog of shows. Talk to you soon.